Axis Mundi. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. Our show is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center, UCSB, and I'm here today with my co-host. I'm Dan Miller, professor of religion and social thought at Landmark College. Great to see you, Brad, and apologize to anybody who might hear lawnmowers outside my window. They are they are beyond my control. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. I like how you just set up your lawnmowers on automatic. Just to, I, When you said that, I, when you said they're beyond your control, I just imagined three or four lawnmowers like set to automatic like those, somehow, those like robot like a, lawnmowers like, like the a roomba, uh, the lawn yeah like somehow dan miller had invented uh lawn roombas which we shouldn't even be talking on air we should be talking off air and putting in a proposal and making billions of dollars so this is why we're just bad businessmen and hopefully better podcasters it's all that um, coding that we learned with all that humanities education we had it was super useful for uh computer programming we're almost a halloween dan do you have a halloween costume I I don't. I okay. so here's my here's my super lame Halloween costume that I actually do wear from time to time is I put on my high school letter jacket and I carry a football and I go as a dumb jock and that's like my that that's it's uh it was clever the first like five times I did it nobody seems to think it's clever since then but that's that's about the end of it. I do every year I'm like this is the year I'm going to put some thought into it some plan. I'm going to have like a really cool costume and so forth. I do though, just to redeem myself, have plans. I've got my oldest kid is almost past the trick-or-treating stage. So we have plans of basically doing things like, you know, some big lawn display, but hiding in it and just jumping out and scaring people and stuff. So, you know, yeah. super original ideas like that. What yeah. about you? Are you, uh, all you have to do now is just wear cargo shorts and be like, I'm a dad or, you know, yeah. whatever. Right. Like that's it. Yeah. And I have a one-year-old. So as long as I think the one-year-old's in like a skeleton outfit or a pumpkin outfit no one's going to look at me so i think that's you know that's true i i'm, I'm going to share something right now that's going to uh, raise some eyebrows for a minute and some of you are going to wonder uh you know what's wrong with brad and is he okay and why is he sharing this but you know whatever um my best ever costume was uh, in grad school and it's when i actually had time to think about these things and put effort into them and cared about them and went to halloween parties so, Dan, I was, um, I believe, in 2010 or 2009, one of those. 2009, I was a testicle. And I know right now everyone's like, oh, wow. Straight white American Jesus has lost it. They're about to be canceled. It's about to be over. But what I did, Dan, was I made a huge life-size uh, Scantron, a test, and I wore it around, you know, like you would see someone on the corner, like walking around and like, hey, come buy a, a cell phone thing. So I wore it like over myself 
and it was, it was like literally a life-size Scantron. And then there was a stick coming out the back. So it was like, it was a popsicle, but it was a testicle. Well played. Yeah. Well thanks. Played. Thanks very much, Dan. I appreciate that. I have no idea why I'm sharing it. I've been up since 5 a.m. and, you know, maybe reading about it, the rise of American fascism just has me in a mood. So let's talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about three things that are very much related in my mind. And I think they very much show the the change in what has happened in our political sphere over the last decade or two, and kind of this very scary moment we're in as we head into the midterms in a couple of weeks. So I think that the question to start for today, and I'll ask you this, Dan, because because I think this is kind of right down your your wheelhouse when it comes to political theory. You know, we talk about conservatism and progressivism a lot, and I don't think people actually ever stop to think about what those mean. So traditionally, in terms of, you know, political ideology, if somebody says, I'm a conservative, what would they be saying in kind of, you know, political theory terms? They would be saying things like uh, emphasizing certain things that all of us value because we come out of this tradition, right, Um, of individual autonomy, um, a certain notion of merit, a merit-based society. Uh, what, what, what we now call, I'm just going to throw this out there, it's confusing, I don't know exactly why it is, but what we call conservatism is also classical liberalism. So if people hear the word liberal from, say, the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, that's what we're talking about. So they were kind of throwing off aristocratic shackles, emphasizing autonomy, merit, things like equality under the law, that that even the wealthy and privileged should be subject to law, uh, and so forth, all things that most of us would would advance. Notions like liberty, uh, individual liberty, that's why that, that language liberal was there, right? It was about liberties. But also things like uh, capitalism, free enterprise. John Locke says that the reason the state exists is to protect private property, and and that's it. That's where you get notions of small state, both in the sense of a a state not intruding on people's lives, but also emerging capitalism and free markets and things like that. Traditionally, it was also the, you know, the separation of church and state and different kinds of things like that. So those, those are the kinds of things that when you hear the mantras of contemporary conservatism when they talk about small government, when they talk about low taxes, when they talk about um, all of those kinds of things. That's why. That's And that's the piece where conservatism is still with us. But what we call conservatism or American conservatism now also wraps in a whole bunch of other things that go in other directions. And I think that that's where we're sort of headed here. But those are some of the ideas. If somebody like reads sort of a text and it says, you know, here's the textbook example of conservatism. Those are some of those, some of those marks. So if, if you're a conservative, in essence, you want to conserve what you take to be the kind of essence of the human condition and, and you want to protect, you know, what you would take to be human rights and, and human rights, meaning autonomy, freedom, everybody being treated under the same uh, rubric when it comes to the law. And you're trying to conserve certain things. Now that expands in some cases, right? Expands a certain values. We want to, we you know, we want to conserve uh, certain ideals or certain traditions about about, as you say, the American founding or the Constitution or uh, religious liberty or or so on. The reason I bring that up, Dan, is that we're going to talk about three things today. It's Kevin McCarthy's kind of preview of what will happen if and when the GOP takes control of the House in in a couple of weeks. Carrie Lake, who is uh, a kind of emerging leading figure of the American conservative movement, who in my mind is not really conservative at all. 
And then I think most importantly, and if you're listening and you, you really want what I think, if I'm honest with you today, is probably the most frightening and alarming and pressing thing we'll talk about. That's a, uh, a piece from the Federalist that basically says that uh, American conservatives should turn into American radicals who abandon the idea of small government and instead use the government to enforce what they want. And I, I think that's just the kind of chef's kiss to what we're talking about today. So we're going to lead up to that to that point. So let's start here, Dan. This week, uh, I think the country got a little preview of what Kevin McCarthy thinks he's going to do when he puts in his very bold vision as somebody born to be a, a JV uh, baseball coach who yells at people at Chili's for messing up their awesome blossom. A man with this kind of charisma and skill certainly has, uh, you know, plans for what he's going to do when he finally become Speaker of the House. What is that? Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive, over 550 episodes. You'll also get an extra episode every month, ad-free listening, Discord access, and so much more. All that for less than six bucks a month, and it helps us keep our flag up and continue to safeguard democracy from religious nationalism, extremism, and rising authoritarianism. Check it out. It's not hard, I promise. 